3: First things first, Jason Tatum has the Celtics in the NBA Finals, but did he deserve the Larry Bird Trophy? The Lakers have their coach, but what is the next move on the horizon? And it's all set. We got it. Steph, Clay, and Dre against Tatum, Jalen, and Smart. Good Monday morning, everyone. Welcome to First Things First. We got a lot to talk mm-hmm. about. Great weekend of sports. Jenna Wolf, Nick Wright, Chris Broussard. Kevin Wilds, this has all the makings Hello. of a great final, Nick. Just like you predicted, Broussard predicted, we were yeah, all right. Everybody was right.
0: No. Well, that's a makings for the great it's finals. Like I except for, for your old <laughs> buddy, Nick Wright, who no matter who wins, there are going to be some old tweets and some old takes of mine that are going to be used against me. I've been boxed in by my own wrong predictions over the years. The basketball gods have forsaken me, Jenna.
3: They have forsaken me. It's all right. It's all right. Game <laughs> oh seven, boy. here we go, Celtics. See- Look, most of us thought this would never get to game seven. You at least thought it would get to game seven, Nick, so you got that going for you. But despite a strong, strong start from Boston, they were up as many as 17 at one point. Miami refused to go down without a fight. They cut the lead to two in the final minute. Let's take you there. It all came down to this. Of course, Jimmy Butler would have the ball at the end, driving up court. What do you do? Two to tie or three to win? What do you do you 16 seconds left. Jimmy goes for the win, misses it. That would be the Heat's last chance. Game over, the Boston Celtics headed to the NBA Finals. Here is Jimmy Butler on that final shot.
1: My thought process was go for the win, which I did.
2: Um, Missed the shot, but uh, I'm taking that shot. Um, My teammates liked the shot that I took. So I'm living with it.
3: Nick, let me start with you here. Are you okay with Jimmy Butler taking that last shot there?
0: Oh, not only am I okay with it, it was the obvious and I, I think almost inarguable correct decision. I, the, the Monday morning quarterbacking of playing the result is just so maddening. Let, let's give the context of this, okay? First of all, he hit this exact shot on this exact type of play earlier in this game. And we can show it to you. Right wing, pull up, transition three, bang. Exact same spot on the court just flipped because you're going the other direction, bang. Second of all, on those types of threes, pull up transition threes, Jimmy Butler, who's not a good three point shooter, shoots 47%. But that's not the only reason why. He knew what all of us knew watching this series. The Heat were not the better team at this point. And Jimmy Butler was exhausted. And in overtime, they would have had maybe, at best, a 40% chance to win. Jimmy had played all 48 minutes. He was dog-tired. And if you have a chance to take the lead, your only lead all game right there, you do it. And Brew, I think we can agree that a missed two and a missed three have the same impact, right? So let's just talk about the you know decision tree of a make. Because a miss two, it's Celtics ball, a miss three, it's Celtics ball. If he goes for a two and makes it, which is not a guarantee, it wasn't gonna be, he didn't have a wide open dunk, but if he goes for the two and makes it, what then happens is Boston holds for the final shot, make or miss, and then your best case scenario is you get to overtime. If he goes for the three and makes it, Boston, yes, gets another possession, but it's not going to be held for the final shot. They are going to go for a shot quickly because they are then going to have the clock going against them. And then even if they make it, Miami still has a chance. And if they miss it, Miami's a huge favorite. Either way, you're avoiding overtime where I think Jimmy knew he was drawing dead and the Heat were drawing close to dead. So I, I'm 100% okay with it. In this spot, I think you've got to do this unless you are the far superior team which Miami wasn't. They had trailed the entire game. It was a miracle they were in this position. I love the decision by Jimmy. He just missed. Absolutely right.
2: Okay, America. Just ignore all <laughs> of that googly-gook. Okay? No, googly it was gook. a bad decision. It was a bad decision. And look, I um, said it as soon as it happened, watching the game with my father, bad decision, bad move. However, I'm not going to kill Jimmy Butler. Because they're only in that spot because he was so great. Great in game six, great in game seven. So I'm not killing him at all. All right. But it was the wrong play, Nick. And look, first of all, there's no way the Heat weren't thinking that they were the better team. They think they're the better team. That's how they got to game seven. All right. Secondly, if they had gotten to overtime, they would have had the momentum. Like you said, they never Ah. led. They were down 13 with three and a half minutes left, all right? And they charged back and send it to overtime? And you mentioned Butler would have been, you know, too tired. He had played the entire game. Hold up. Marcus Smart and Jason Tatum played the entire second half, and both of them played over 40 minutes. Tatum played 45-plus. Al Horford and Jalen Brown play, also played like 43 or more minutes. So everyone was tired. Jimmy Butler was no more tired than anyone on the Celtics team. Where, you know, they're, they're top sure he was. players. So I don't buy that. I don't, why? They all played the same, essentially. There's not a difference no, really between no, 48 th- minutes and 45 and a half. They played the entire well, second half? half. Three guys. There's a big difference.
0: I'd say there's a big difference. In my opinion. There's a reason guys typically okay. don't play all 48. But go ahead. Go ahead.
2: And they, they don't play 45 and a half minutes either. They don't play the entire second half, which is what Bratt or Tatum and Smart did as well. But here's the play that should have been made. You mentioned it, Jimmy. Now, I'll give you that 47% on pull-up threes and transition. That's nice. But overall, he's an 18% three. He shot 18% from three in this series. That three you showed was the only one of four attempts that he made in that game. He shot 23% from three in, on the season. So he's not a good three-point shooter, but guess what? He's a great mid-range shooter or driver to the bucket. And we saw yesterday he had made several great drives and finished in traffic. All right, so show the play. Here's what he could have done. You see him coming down, and he's going to pull up. We're going to stop it right there. Now, you got Al Horford on you. He could have beat Al Horford. He could have went right. He could have went right by Horford if Tatum helps from the corner. If Tatum helps from the corner, now guess what? You got Max Struess wide open. Struess is one of their best three-point shooters. Had just hit a three. Had just hit a three 30 seconds earlier to get him within two. I don't know that Tatum comes off Struess, though, because for much of the game, they have been sticking to him at the three-point line because they respect his three-point shot. So he had better options I think he should have taken it. Again, not killing him because he was fantastic and the only reason they were still in that game, but it was the wrong play, Wilds.
1: Broussard, you are the king of the puncher's chance. Jimmy Butler was that punch, and I was pulling for the Celtics, and once he pulled up, I said, oh, no, here comes the big right hook. We are going to get hit with it. And even when he missed... I was happy, but I was terrified when he pulled up, which made me think it was the right move. No Celtics fan wanted to see Jimmy Butler pull up at the arc. If he wanted to drive it and kick it out, I would have been like, great. We get the ball back with 13 seconds left. And I know you guys showed some other historical or Jimmy Butler did this earlier in the game or in the earlier in the series. Let me go back a few years. Sixers, Raptors. Uh, Sixers down by two. Jimmy Butler gets the ball. I got to shout out John Schumann on Twitter. he works for the NBA who who pulled this. This was not just me going back in my memory banks. Shout out to John. Jimmy takes the ball, drives it to the lane. Pull up! High game. And we all know how this ended up. So look, if if everybody wants Jimmy to do it, oh, okay. Then Tatum goes down and, and hits a three. Look, I was scared of the puncher's chance Jimmy Butler took it. I thought it was the right call. I never thought that he'd have momentum. I thought they had oh, yes. one big swing and Jimmy took it. I was totally fine with it, Nick.
0: And Jimmy, if you it, brew wasn't with me at the time, but at that time I said on the air, Jimmy should have pulled up from three. Because, again, Jimmy's three-point numbers are not – first of all, he's 35% this postseason, and thanks Haralobos-Volgaris for pulling this. He is 23% in the regular season. But one-third of his threes, because he shoots so few, are end of shot clock grenades, as Haralabob put it. So that pulls his average down. He's clearly a guy who's shot better in the postseason from three. But, Brew, I think I can prove it to you mathematically, because that play is a great example. He got the layup and they never touched the ball again, and they lost, and their best case was overtime. Let's just say if he does what you want, it's a 75% shot to go in. Whether it's a contested layup or a mid-range chance shot, I'll give him a 75% chance of getting the two, which is way higher than realistic, but in order to prove the point, I'll give it to you. So right then, you have a 75% chance of time. You then have to stop Boston. What's that? A 50-50 shot? Okay. Now your chance is down to 37.5 just to force overtime. What's your chance in overtime? Again, I'll give you a 50% chance. Now you're down to less than 20%. If you go for the two, it's not hard math, guys. If you guys brew, he needed three events to go his way. If he goes for the two, he has to make the shot. He, he has to make the shot. Agreed? All right, look. He has, they have to then get a stop on the final possession, and they'll never touch it again, and they have to win overtime. The, <laughs> uh, the odds of all three of those is less than 20%. You've got to go for three there. The Struis thing would have been fine. The Struis thing I would have been fine with, but it's got to be a three-pointer. It, it okay. just has to be a three-pointer.
2: D- didn't 1st Goobly googly-gook. I call goobly gook again, all right? First of all. Secondly, <laughs> didn't gracious. we just kill... Didn't we just kill Anthony Edwards in the first round at the end of game five for going for the steal on John Moran? Wow, not, there's your puncher's well, chance. Anthony Edwards going, going for the Ernest steal. kill Ernest Biner for a it, it, goal line fumble? It it, it, no. Well, that, that, hold the same, the this is the same thing. Yeah. It's going for the hero's play when playing it straight would have been the thing to do. That's, in Memphis, we killed Anthony Edwards because he went for the steal to try to be the hero. John Moran ends up getting the game-winning layup in Game 5. This was the same thing. The right thing to do was go get the two-point bucket. He may have gotten an and-one. He may have gotten an and-one. Oh, and now we're one. giving him an
0: and-one.
2: No, I'm just saying it's possible. He's not a good three-point shooter. This is not it's like Kevin
0: Durant pulling up. too uh, 47% All right, well, transition pull-up threes.
3: Googly goo! To discuss the googly goo. Game one, by the way, set for Thursday night in San Francisco, we will discuss that side of things. So who's gonna be hoisting the Larry O'Brien trophy? Asked and answered next, first things first. First things first, back here talking NBA Finals now. These Celtics taking care of the heat. In Game 7 last night, their first Finals appearance since 2010. They will now face the well-rested Warriors, who took care of the Mavs in five games. For Golden State, it's their sixth Final appearance in the last eight years. All right, Broussard, table set. Who do you have winning the title, Celtics or Warriors?
2: (sighs) Oof. Jenna, this is tough. This is tough. One because I do think these are two evenly matched teams, and two because look, Boston's been good to me. My good they, Boston has given me gloating rights True. for two consecutive city or series over Nick Wright, Milwaukee. It's the only and thing my, you've had. I mean, I, I, I've never pulled for the, the Celtics in my life in until the one. last month, this past month. All right. But odd. anyway, here, here we they've go. They've been so good well, to yeah. you. But after that, they stunk. Once I mean, they beat Brooklyn, once yeah. they beat that Brooklyn oh, yeah. team, I knew. I knew. Yeah. You, you mocked yeah. me for that at uh-huh. first, but now you, there's some yeah. truth to that. But uh-huh. here's the deal. I am picking with my head over my heart. But I'll uh-huh. admit there's a little heart in my pick. Because I like seeing. Great achievements that have historical ramifications. So, for instance, I love seeing Tom Brady win that Super Bowl in Tampa Bay because of all the historical ramifications. Wins without Belichick, first year in Tampa, Tampa, so on and so forth. I would love to see Steph Curry get his fourth ring, a finals MVP, and his second ring without Kevin Durant Mm. because, Nick, The historical ramifications. Is he top 10? Is he ahead of Durant? Mm. All of that that we could discuss. So that's where my heart is. So I am going with the Golden State Warriors in seven. All right. So I mentioned the heart, but there's head Uh. reasons for this too, Nick. Number one, as great as Boston's defense has been, they have yet to face, at least since Brooklyn, a team with a host of offensive weapons. Now, Brooklyn, you did have KD and Kyrie. I'm not sure. I think Kyrie may have been a bit worn down those last few games, but you worn had down. KD and Kyrie. But Milwaukee, well, he was doing his Ramadan fast, so I think he may have been a bit drained. Milwaukee yeah. had, okay. without Chris Middleton, they had one score. Giannis. Now, Drew, you know, can do it, but he's not really a big-time scorer. Giannis, That's right. Miami, you had one score, Jimmy Butler. That's right. Now, it's the same thing I said about Dallas. Yeah, you stopped Devin Booker in Phoenix, but Golden State has a plethora of scores. I mean, you got to stop, obviously, Steph, Klay, Jordan Poole, and I'm throwing Andrew Wiggins in there as well. So, (laughs) Wilds, I think it's going to be a great series, but I think Golden State, because of their multiplicity of scores— of options, the way they score, mid-range, three, backdoor cuts, drives to the bucket, they will be too much, and they win it in seven on the home floor.
1: Okay. I think that's a fair take. Boston has been very kind to you, Broussard. You've been able to get a a lot of uh, bass in your voice and chest out on the show, courtesy of the Boston Celtics, but I'm okay with you abandoning them. I will stay with the Celtics. I think the defense is still number one, has been the best since New Year's Eve. I think they've got a lot of size that Golden State's going to have some issues to contend with. I don't think they're intimidated by the Warriors. They've won six of their last seven games in Golden State, and I think we're going to see Jason Tatum ascend to an even higher level. So that's my general pick. And now I want to send out a warning. Nick, I know you don't love the Warriors, And i know you don't love the celtics so you're in a bit of a quagmire here but let me tell you something do not root for the celtics or pick the celtics you are banned from all of new england i don't want you rooting for the celtics i don't want you rooting for the patriots i don't want you to go on a whale watch i don't want you to go to nantucket on a lovely vacation i don't want you to have a fenway frank on july 4th memorial day So, whatever you're about to come out of your mouth, wow. it, better, it better start with G and then Golden State Warriors. We do not want you. Got, We've got some Job ja Morant for wow. advice for you. Stay on that side. Yeah. Stay, you never switched it up, and I don't okay. want you to. Stay on that side. Yeah. You Do not come over. And if you do, you have to come the whole way. You're gonna, yeah. you, we're going to be watching games together. You, you and done? me, we'll be wearing Mac Jones jerseys. Don't come done? over. I'm telling you, it's a warning. Oh, okay.
0: Yes. What I am going to say here does start with a G, but it's not the G you're thinking of. God, most notably basketball <laughs> God, why have you forsaken me like this? Why? I, I care so much. I'm wearing the stupid NBA f- pin to commemorate the fact that the finals are beginning. I have written the league <laughs> office a memorandum With a CV as to why I deserve a vote. I've ranked the last 50 greatest players of the last 50 years. I have memorized every league MVP in order from the first to the back-to-back Jokic. I've done it all. And this is what I'm given. An NBA Finals between two fan bases that both hate me. An NBA Finals that no matter who wins... I have just the, the the jackass that runs freezing cold takes has a whole file. It's, it's a terabyte <laughs> nice of takes ready to go no matter who wins. Oh, the Celtics win? Oh, remember when you called Jalen Brown a homeless man's Kawhi Leonard? You mocked Danny Ainge for seven years and you called Jason Tatum the third best player in his draft? You remember that one, Nick Wright? Oh, what about if the Warriors win? Remember all the things you've said about Andrew Wiggins? All the things you've said about Steph Curry. Even Steph Curry's lovely wife caught some strays once upon a time when the league was rigged for ratings or money. She didn't know which. None of it's good for me. (laughs) So I have no heart in this pick. It's all head because my heart has been broken, Broussard. It's on the ground being stomped on by tech billionaires and jackasses named Sully. That's who's stomping on it. Okay. (laughs) So, so it's all head here. I was midway through the fourth quarter. Midway through the fourth quarter, I turned to my son, who's a Celtics fan, the only Celtics fan I like in the entire world, and he's on thin ice. And I said, your team's going to win the title. And then the final three and a half minutes happened, bro. And I saw a Celtics team try to blow what would have been the most crushing Game 7 choke job ever. They're up 13 with three and a half minutes left and then just forgot how to play. And it reminded me that Boston, for as great as they've been since the awful start, clutch time, crunch time, close games That's true. have not been their friend. Game 6 against Milwaukee notwithstanding. I don't think these games are going to be blowouts. I don't think the Warriors are going to get shook. I do think they're going to out-execute. So I also have the Golden State Warriors to win the title. Okay. That's where you belong. What a a disaster. My man. I'm a a F1 guy anyway. (laughs) Me and Kevin Clark. I don't even care about the NBA. Where's Max Verstappen when you need him? Yeah, you know what? This is stupid. It's a dumb sport.
3: Bail when the going gets tough. Just bail. I mean. Uh, by the way, the finals get underway Thursday in the Bay. Much to be discussed. we got to switch some gears, talk some Lakers. What's their next move now that they found their head coach? First things first. I'm with you, Kevin Wilds. All right, moving on. The Lakers hired a new head coach over the weekend, former box assistant Darvin Ham. Ham, no stranger to coaching superstars, started his coaching career with the Lakers towards the end of the Kobe era, and he's obviously been with Giannis now for a couple of years. Lakers seem happy. One Laker in particular, LeBron, tweeting, so damn excited. Congrats and welcome, Coach D. Ham. All right, Nick, LeBron is on board, but I got to ask, what's the next move for the Lakers now that they've got themselves their head coach?
0: Well, obviously they have to figure out how they're offloading Russell Westbrook. The idea that, ah, eh, run it back. Maybe it'll work. It will not work. It was a terrible idea. Uh, most of us thought it was, it was somewhere on the spectrum between god awful and mediocre at best. I tried to convince myself in the offseason, maybe it could work. It can't work. That is the next step. But here's the thing about this hire brew. I like the hire. We talked about Darvin Ham, and you look around the league. Ime Udoka, Monty Williams, Willie Green, hell, Steve Kerr. A lot of our coaches that are the most successful are guys who played, and Ime is showing you can have Ty Lue. Thank you. I I almost forgot about Ty. Uh, E-may showing you can have success immediately with a championship level team. Willie Green, they obviously weren't championship level, but he did as well as you could do, especially if you remember the Pelicans. What did they start? Like two and 13? Something awful. I don't want to have a grievous, mortifying error like Kevin Wilds did with the Hawks there, but I think it was something like two and 13. Wilds fact checked me there. <laughs> oh. I'm just kidding. Wilds. I also forgot the Hawks didn't get swept. Mm-hmm. I'm kidding. Wilds. Here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> most importantly though, about what they can or what they need to do next. According to Mark Stein, they already did something. And it's a good reminder. And America, now is a time, in sports and otherwise, to remember this. Public shaming works. Did you see Mark Stein's news? They told Darvin Ham that old Curtie Rambis will not be involved in the coaching meetings like he was with Frank Vogel. So that already... Gives the Lakers a better chance for him. He gets to pick his own staff and the Ram are not going to be involved in any of it. So I like that, but none of it's really going to matter, Brew, if they don't find a way to get some type of athleticism on the wing in a while offloading Russell Westbrook. And that is going to be one hell of a challenge.
2: I agree totally. First of all, I thought Darvin was the right name. Of all the names that were out there, Terry Stotts, Kenny Atkinson, even Doc Rivers, even though he had a job, his name was still out there. I think Darvin was the guy to go with. I've been a fan of Darvin since he broke that backboard when he played at Texas with that yeah. dunk. I don't know if you remember Cover that in sports mid-'90s. And, yep, it was fantastic. And knowing Darvin, you know, when he was a player, As an assistant coach, he's got championship pedigree on Mike Budenholzer's staff. So, uh, great hire. Um, I'm with you, Nick. There's all these rumblings now that maybe they keep Russ. And I do think they have to kind of have a plan B, right? So, plan how you're going to use Russ if, indeed, you have to keep him. But if you end up having to keep Russ because you can't trade him, then be ready. Have a plan C. Where if it's not working early, just get rid just releasing. I mean, Blancy, if it's not working early, just releasing. Okay? And and don't sabotage your entire season if after two or three weeks, it's the same old thing as last year. All right. And Russ has turned the ball over left and right and not fitting in. All right. But Nick, look, these are trades that have been out there. I think you gotta try to revisit the John Wall situation. Look, Houston's been demanding that first round pick with, with the trade, but they need to get rid of Wall too. You're gonna sit him down for a second straight season, making almost $50 million. So I think they would buy out Westbrook if they traded for him, and he might take a little less to try to go to a different team. Uh, and then the other trade wilds that, that's been out there, but I like it. Malcolm Brogdon and Buddy Hill from Indiana. Indiana's not going anywhere, okay? Buddy Hill's got two years left on his deal. Brogdon's got three. So if you're the Lakers, look, you're taking on a problem Indiana has, okay? And they get Westbrook. He can perform. He can be a show. He may average a triple-double in Indiana. Give those basketball craze fans in that state something to just be excited about nightly to go see Russ put up a triple double and then at the end of the season you let him walk you got 50 million dollars off your payroll so I think you got to try to talk to Indiana about that but yeah Nick's right they got to try to move Russ or I don't see this being too much different from what we saw last year Wilds
1: okay here's the thing Russ hasn't been moved yet, and I keep on hearing the same thing. No contract is untradeable. Oh, they're only a first-round pick away. Yet the report from Woj is you got to learn how to incorporate Russ with uh, LeBron and AD. It was a significant subject of every Lakers coaching interview in the process, sources said. So I think Darvin Ham's first stop should be Staples and buy I don't know. The, the jumboist pack of dry erase markers and try to come up with some scheme that works for Russell Westbrook, LeBron and AD. And the issue is, I don't know if there is one and, and maybe he can figure it out, but I feel like if it was figure out a bull, LeBron would have figured it out. And LeBron was like, you know what? I'm a basketball genius. Frank Vogel, I drew up some plays. Here's what we should run. And since that never happened, I don't know if it can happen, and at the same time, I'm not as I'm not anywhere close to being as confident as you guys are that there there are teams just waiting for this to take on the new Russell Westbrook experience. I just think no GM is like, you know what? Good news, and they tell their boss, "We got Russell Westbrook." Like really, we got Russell Westbrook? We're the we're the one, two, three, fourth team now to do this. I I got to be the guy. I just don't think it works. I hope Darvin Ham can figure it out because I want to see Russ succeed but I don't feel great about it.
0: Okay, listen, I obviously agree with Brew. I think he's absolutely tradable, particularly if the Lakers are willing to include those future picks that they are now able to include since they don't have as many encumbered. You have the 27 pick, you have the 29 pick, which could be good picks because by then LeBron's gone and who knows what the status of Anthony Davis is. But can I just whisper another trade? Oh, Because we've talked about the Indiana one. We, of course, have talked about the Knicks (laughs) one. We've talked about the Kyrie one. That that one we've talked about. What about a different trade for a net that hasn't actually played for the Nets? Rumor is he always wanted to be in Los Angeles. We don't know if he'll ever play for the Nets. And maybe it's a three-way trade, and maybe the Nets do re-up Kyrie. And they say, you know what? We are not comfortable having long-term deals in place with Kyrie and Ben Simmons. Two two gigantic wild cards. Is there some type of Ben Simmons for Russell Westbrook and some picks out there? Does that exist? Is that a thing? It's not a thing. There's no chance it's a thing. We talked, hold on a second, real quick. We talked about the possibility of the Nets trading Kyrie for Russell Westbrook. Kyrie obviously has more value than Ben Simmons does, correct? Like if 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 if, if you guys didn't just dismiss out of hand so let me a trade involving this, Kyrie and Russ,
2: yeah, is Kyrie back next season? Because I don't see Russ, Kyrie, and Durant working. Well, that's why I said if that's, three that's my problem trade. with that trade. No, that's that's why I
0: said so, a, a three-team so trade. So Kyrie's the piece gone. Coming and back,
2: Simmons is gone.
0: No, 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 no. Kyrie's there. A third team is involved. Meaning Russ goes, for example, what you're saying about the Pacers, it's Brogdon and Heald to Brooklyn, Ben Simmons to Los Angeles, and Russell Westbrook and picks from both teams uh to Indiana. Brooklyn throws in some of the picks they got from Philly. Los Angeles throws in some picks they got, or so, their own picks. I just, I, I think the Ben Simmons thing has I'm gonna been be quiet. i though.
2: There is always... Yeah, go ahead. If I'm Brooklyn, if I'm Brooklyn, I want to see Ben Simmons with Kyrie and KD. Because if Ben's mind is right, we've talked about it. That could be a nice trio. No question about it. So, no, I'm I'm not thinking about that if I'm Brooklyn. No way no how.
3: All right. Uh we got a big weekend of uh, NBA medals to give out here, Nick. Jalen Brown, another big night to help the Celtics clinch a trip to the finals. He finished 24-6-6. He didn't get a medal, though. Who made the podium, Nick, from the two games this weekend?
0: Bronze medal, first losing player to get a a medal in quite some time, Jimmy Butler last night. Jimmy Butler carried the heat, played all 48, 35-9, and made the right play at the end of the game no matter. What the baby boomer NBA media crowd tells you. Sorry, bro. Silver medal. Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum in victory last night gets a silver medal. 26 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. He also continually made the right play. They were forcing the ball out of his hands. He made the right play, and that play right there was huge. Plus, that critical 3 to put him up 11 late. But then the goal. Who else could it go to? Jimmy Butler Friday night. An absolute masterpiece, Tour de Force performance, forty-seven, nine, and eight. It is not hyperbolic to call it an all-time great playoff performance by a guy who, aside from a three-game stretch where he was injured and bad, had one of the best, you know, runs through an Eastern Conference playoffs we've seen in recent memory. There's the podium from last, from this weekend in the NBA playoffs. Double, Jimmy
3: Butler. Well, two great games for Butler this weekend. Does he deserve time. any blame? A little too much. Does he deserve any much. blame for That's that great. shot selection at the end of Game 7? First things first Saturday, two of the USFL's best squaring off. You got the New Orleans Breakers facing the league-leading Birmingham Stallions at 3 Eastern. Then on Sunday, the Panthers take on the Stars. That's at noon. Do not miss USFL football this weekend, only on Fox. So that is a look ahead. Why don't we take a look back at the best of Week 7. Wild, start us off with the Fester play.
1: Well, Stallions fourth and five against the Maulers. Punter Colby Wadman sells the fake. Fullback Bobby Holly gets the direct snap and takes it 52 yards for the touchdown. Stallions win again,
3: 26-16. Nick, the best big man hands. What do you got?
0: Well, this is gonna end up being the best big man hands of the year. You've got a game between the Bandits and the Generals fourth and three. Is that a pass to six foot nine inch, 320 pound, Corbin Cafuzi? Oh, it is. Wow! I thought he might score. Instead, he only goes 32 yards. Still, hell of a play, sets up a field goal. That's the best big man hands of the year. I'm calling it now.
3: Broussard, the best determination. Well, I'm going to
2: stick with this game and check out Darius Victor. My goodness, the general's running back gets his helmet ripped off and keeps on chugging. He finished with 72 yards on 14 carries and a touchdown. My New Jersey Generals making a brother proud. Six and one, clinch the playoff berth.
3: Damn, there blend. you go, Ooh. USFL action from the weekend. Time for stories to start your morning brought to you by Ram Trucks, built to serve. And we're talking Eastern Conference Finals. And the Celtics are moving on, thanks in large part to Jason Tatum. Tatum finished Game 7 with 26. He takes on the first ever Larry Bird Eastern Conference Finals MVP award. It wasn't unanimous, though. Check this out. Tim Bontemps with the lone vote for Jimmy Butler in the losing effort. And it got a conversation started on the show this morning. Nick, you good with Tatum taking home the honors or do you agree with Tim Bontemps?
2: No,
0: I think Tim got it right. And Tim's one of the most underrated basketball writers and podcasters in America, not only because he got this one right, just because he is. Jimmy Butler was the most valuable player in this series. And the only argument against... Everyone knows he played the best in the series. Everyone knows his team relied on him more than the Celtics relied on Tatum in this series. Everyone knows that without Jimmy Butler, this is 4-0 Boston, and it is 4-0 ugly games the second leading score in the series for the heat was bam and it felt like bam played well twice so the only reason that jimmy butler didn't win it in fact the only reason jimmy butler only got one vote is because his team didn't win and i just would ask this brew if you're making a new award if you want the rule to be it can only come from a winning team then put it in the rules This award was created six weeks ago. The NBA can decide anything they want for it. They didn't say it has to come from the winning team. And to say, oh, well, it's an unwritten rule, the rule was just created. So there's no reason to have anything be unwritten. Write it down. You take a driver's test and you run a red light and hit a pedestrian but you did great and everything else, you fail. You know why? It says in the rules, run a red light or hit somebody. You fail. It's not like, well, eh, we just, it's just how we do things. If it's an important rule, write it down. It's not in the rules. Butler was the most valuable player. Now, I don't think you could be the most valuable player if your team got swept or if they lose in five. But game seven, two-point game, 20 seconds left. Because I think you could. What if I you think value forty is in a five-game loss? Yeah. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Be, then I, no, seriously. Because I do think that winning is part of the equation, and I don't think you're that valuable if your team gets blown off the court. That's why I would. I didn't argue for Luca to win Western Conference Finals MVP, even though his numbers were far and away the best, because that team lost in five. But in a seven-game series. That's a one-possession game with 20 seconds left. I think we all can agree Miami could have won, that the series came down to literally one possession. So give the most valuable player to the guy who was most valuable. Seemed pretty logical to me.
2: Stop it. It's just wrong. You're flat out wrong. You play to win the game. You play to win the series. The MVP has to come from the winning team. All right, you. I don't know if you mentioned this or not, but there has been one time when someone won the finals MVP and they didn't play for the winning team. That was Jerry West, 1969. First year they voted for that award. And I honestly feel like because it was new, the writers or whoever voted was just like, eh, we don't really know what we how you do this. And so they just gave it to the guy who was the best in the series. All right. But over at, at the next year they saw you know what that doesn't even make sense. All right, it's about winning the series. <laughs> and so they started giving it to the best player on the winning team and I agree with that. Now you say this is a new award. Yes, of course, but it's based on the finals MVP. They're not going to have a separate criteria Says for who? the conference MVP but and, and a separate one for the finals MVP. Now, you want them to write it down. Nothing's written down. You Like you said, I've been voting for MVP for the league uh, for 25 years. There's no criteria. Yeah. And that gives the writers free reign to do what they want. Bond Timms can vote the way he wants. That's fine. But you saw that eight of the nine or seven of the eight, whatever it was, voted for Tatum because they understand you must win. All right, that's what this is all about, Nick. And and heck, you see, you admitted winning was a part of the equation. But if I take your logic a little bit further, you say, well, it has to be a a seven or maybe a tough Close series. six game series yes. for the loser to yeah. w- for a guy from the losing team to win. Well, another writer might take that a little further and say, you know what? I don't A care if they lost argument. in five. Uh, four of the five games were very close, and this guy averaged 43 points. He should have been MVP. No. The unwritten rule that you have to win to be the MVP is correct. That's how it was. And, and let me throw this out there before I go to Wilds. Butler also, and Butler was great. He also had three bad games. One, because he didn't play the second that's, half. Now, that's but fair. he had three games in which he scored 27 points total. If he played, and we yeah. thought he was hurt. And then all of a sudden, he just burst out here and looks like Michael Jordan in games six and seven. So what happened in the previous three games? No, That, that argument's plays well fair. In one or two of those games, maybe they win the series. Well, listen, that argument's fair.
0: If the argue, if your argument is Butler wasn't good enough because of those three games, I'll listen to it. Despite those three bad games, he led the series in points per game. He shot a better percentage than Tatum. I thought he was more impactful than Tatum on both ends. But if that's the argument, then that's a separate thing. But what you're arguing is that there's this unwritten rule, writers just disobey it sometimes. The 2015 finals, when four of the set of the 11 voted for LeBron, those writers weren't informed of this unwritten rule. La- nobody told Tim Bontimps of this unwritten rule. So this idea that a losing player's ineligible to me is clearly not true because this is the first Larry Bird award ever given out and someone voted for a losing player. I'm simply arguing wilds. More people should have. And if you can't vote for a losing player, then put it in the criteria if they wanted okay. it in like, the criteria maybe, you know it what? put it Wilds, in the criteria
1: please
2: there's maybe no I criteria will. May, I, I,
1: may, maybe i will <laughs> <laughs> You have to win. I have a few issues. First of all, with the trophy itself. I don't like the trophy. I want to, if you're going to call something the Larry Bird trophy, have it be a little trophy of Larry Bird, like the Heisman trophy. You can hold it up. It'll be awesome. Not something I get from a marketing award with a little silver, you know, crystal dome on it. I didn't like that. Reason number two, Nick. If you want to call the most outstanding player, M.O.P., and you could play Annie up during the celebration, I'd be okay with that. But if it's going to be valuable, it means you had added value to the winning team. Because, and I know it's a slippery slope, but just bear with me. Would you be willing to vote for a guy who got swept on four buzzer no. beaters, but they averaged 50 points each game? 50 points, and it's always a buzzer beater, Good but course. they averaged 50 points. Would they deserve the no, MVP because... of the conference finals?
0: No, because the because your the series wasn't close. But the flip side to that question, it was Four buzzer beaters. If this game, four buzzer no, beaters. Listen, brew, I know, brew. Hold on, pause. I understand, brew has has twisted your brain into thinking there is such a thing as a close sweep. There is not. If you if you get swept, the series was not close. Okay, just for the record, if you get swept, the series wasn't close. But th- what you guys are saying is. If, if all five Celtic starters all averaged 18 points per game and then plus a bench guy averaged 18 points per game and that's how they got there and Jimmy averaged 48-9-9 nine and nine for the series and it ended just like this. You guys are still saying he can't win, correct? You're saying he's ineligible yes. for winning. Do I have that right? Correct. A losing player can never correct. win. Okay, well, I, I happen to think that's ludicrous. I happen to think that if you are going to make the argument that it must be on the winning team, then you need to have, then all the voters need to be on the same page. Like, how
2: can you say no, they don't. he's ineligible? What? Go ahead. This is, ahead. look, tell me the, tell this me what is I'm the missing. beauty. The beauty of not having an official criteria is that you do get different opinions and you can make ridiculous arguments like you're making right now it's beautiful I'm, but it's ridiculous okay but the mean having a lot of voters is going to end up you feel like okay in most cases we're gonna have multiple voters so the right decision will be made can I, real just quick question
0: real quick i'm just a question if in five years somebody says hey Tell me about the 2022 Eastern Conference Finals. Whose name do you say first, Jimmy Butler or Jason Tatum? I'm just curious. If someone's like, hey, remind me what happened in that series. Whose name do you say first? Yeah, exactly. It's Jimmy Butler. Y'all didn't it answer because you know it's no. true. I mean,
3: this it's was Jimmy's Butler series. Had three bad yes. games. Delay. Stop yeah. it. Okay.
0: This was Jimmy's series. Everybody knows Celtic,
2: it. You play know. to win the game, Nick. That's it for us. Much w, w- w- w. We'll see you tomorrow. Different trophy.